It is the Welcome to Cooperville podcast, episode number 72. Jesse Westover going to join us in uh, in just a few moments here. Excited to talk to a fellow entrepreneur. We're going to talk about guns and aliens and shit. That, I mean, just whatever. Everything's gonna, just going to pop off. It's going to be... Uh, be badass in just a bit. First things first, though, got to say thanks to uh, Midwest Meals and uh, MidwestMeals.com. 13 rotating fresh and healthy meals, including all of your macro information on there, which is super duper important. Uh, if you had a New Year's resolution, if you believe in that kind of voodoo magic, if you do, uh, those are the kind of things you need to know. What's going in your body? You also need to supplement well, which we'll talk to Jesse about here in just a bit. But your fats, your proteins, your carbs, all that stuff, you got to know what's going in your body, all that stuff right there on the packaging. Uh, Lean Turkey Tacos, again, I talk about this all the time. It, it's basically my jam. My, my Taco Tuesday is every day of the week, which really sucks. I have to look at the calendar, make sure I know what day it is. Uh, the Chipotle Bowl, uh, the pulled pork, fantastic stuff. And they're changing stuff all the time, too. So make sure you check out their rotating meals and... Now they stay fresher even longer. And if you need to freeze them, maybe you're preparing for the apocalypse. I raise my hand because maybe I am. Mm-hmm. You can do that. They stay fresher longer. Uh, here is, uh, here's the awesome part. 10% off your first order at MidwestMeals.com. Just punch in the promo code Cooper at checkout and get 10% off your first order. By the way, they ship nationwide. So no matter where you are in this country of ours, whether you're under armed supervision or not, you can get your Midwest meals delivered right to your door. Also, big thanks out to uh, my friends over at Monster Energy, uh, hashtag Monster Podcast. Uh, the new Monster Hydro Super Sport is out now. Two flavors, uh, Blue Streak and Red Dog. That's D-A-W-G, dog. Uh, so you're talking about the key functional ingredients, like uh, I got 1,000 milligrams of branched-chain amino acids, magnesium, calcium, uh, vitamin B3, vitamin B6, 200 milligrams of caffeine in there as well, and uh, only 70 calories per a 24-ounce bottle. So make sure you check that out at a retailer near you. That is the new Monster Hydro Super Sport available from Monster Energy. Again, the hashtag is Monster Podcasts. Jesse Westover is here. He is with us. We are live. It is good to see you, my friend. How have you been? Good, man. You cannot complain. You know, uh, we were talking about before we went live here that it's just the uh, 13th week of, or 13th month of 2020. Ain't that, ain't that the truth, man. It's never ending. It was great. Though. I mean, not great. I shouldn't say great because that's that's antagonistic. But, you know, everybody was so like, you know, man, 2020 in the rearview mirror. Can't wait for New Year's. That was the big the, the big hoopla, even though there was no big hoopla's uh, for the New Year's celebration. It was like, finally, 2020 is out of the way. And then 2021 hit and it was like a shit show. <laughs> it's, like, it's like, I don't know what people expected to happen. It's like every year, the only thing that changes is the year. It's like the last number on the on the calendar, like. I don't know what they expected to happen, but um, here we are. Yeah, there was going to be a uh, miracle cures were going to come out. Everything was going to open back up. We were going to be in some sort of utopia. Like, oh, 2021 yeah, it's is like here. 2020 didn't happen. It's yeah, that's what it's it's yeah. still happening. Uh, but the uh, the owner, yes. operator, and uh, boss man, CEO of uh, Nutrition Junction, rocking that uh, Nutrition Junction hoodie right there, like that boss gear. Um, so lots of things to talk to you about uh, as far as entrepreneurship and, and getting into uh, to being a business owner. Obviously, it's something that you and I have chatted about, uh, you know, my path, your path, and, uh, and, and and ways to get from point A to point B for, I would say, young entrepreneurs. But I think anybody, uh, especially now, who's uh, either maybe working reduced hours or is really sick of the conditions that they have to work in, whether they're like, I really liked working from home for the first month and then it sucked and looking for a different path. So we'll talk about some different outlets, but you're also, uh, also a veteran. You're, you're still, you're still in, aren't you? You're still. Yeah. Uh, good old national guard. So national guard, man, I know that you've, uh, uh, first off, thank you for your service. And I know that there's been, um, in this year, tumultuous times uh, you're hailing from uh, Minneapolis Minnesota office obviously that was an epicenter for some uh for some tough times there over the course of uh, of the summer you know what's uh from your vantage point and we'll, we'll start specifically with just the the environment that you you've been in i mean what's what's the vibe around uh, around Minneapolis St. Paul right now i mean do you feel like that things have tempered a little bit since since the summer yeah it's i don't think it's as um, I don't want to say intense, but during the summertime, it was just, it was, it was nuts. Um, I, so I grew up where the whole George Floyd thing happened. I mm-hmm. grew up probably 
two, three miles from there. So mm-hmm. I, w- I didn't live far. And I, when I grew up there, I didn't think it was bad because it's where I grew up. Mm-hmm. So then once I grew up and I moved to the Dinah, Southwest Minneapolis area, people talked so much crap about it in high school. They're like, oh, South Minneapolis. I'm like, hey, man, like, <laughs> that's my know. roots. What, what are you trying to say here? So that there's that. And it's never been a really a super good area. Mm-hmm. It's always been, I don't want to say super crime ridden, but now it's like closer to Gotham City and Batman. Um, <laughs> it's not that crazy, but if I were to compare it to something, right. it's that like you go on the local news channels. There's there's something happening every like every day. Um, cars cars flipping over other cars and it's people's driveways shooting. So it's it's definitely a lot more crime ridden since then. Mm. But as far as like the tension, I don't think it's as bad. But of course, with everything that happened, it's still it's still there. So right. Yeah, it was, um, you know, I think just being in close proximity to to that area and going through summer, obviously everybody's running on, on, you know, this heightened tension anyway, just because of lockdowns and, you know, COVID fears and mask mandates and you can't do this, you can't do that. One day you can, you guys can cross over to, uh, you know, cross over the big river over there and all of a sudden you can go into a, into a pub and have yourself a pint if you were so yeah. inclined to, but you can't do that in your home state. But there was... You know, it all seemed to escalate during uh, during that George Floyd um, incident that happened, which was horrific and, you know, kind of spurred off everything else that went on in the country. But, you know, having friends of friends that lived in that area while everything was kind of going on uh, with the looting and the rioting and stuff. I mean, it, it looks it looked like a place out of a war zone. I mean, it, it yeah. li- literally looked like, and even if you pull up Netflix, I'm sure there's films that you're like, this looks like the exact same scene that I saw in, in Minneapolis. And yeah. and it was just a really scary time for people because everybody was already feeling like, you know, COVID could be the end of all of us. Yeah. You know, everybody's going to die from COVID. And then you have this going on. We're like, okay, how many signs of the apocalypse do we need to have happen over the course yeah. of three months? Yeah, it's what else seeing. needs to happen? Yeah. yeah. For me, it, it's kind of weird because I see it from all three sides. So on top of running uh, the nutrition junction, I'm a corrections officer too. Mm. And I'm a use of force instructor for uh, my county, for the jail, for stuff like that. So I saw it from that side. I saw it from the civilian side and from the military side. So that whole situation, I'm just like, fuck. Yeah. <laughs> like, and I, I, I remember seeing the video. Like I saw that video on Facebook. I thought nothing of it. I was like, Obviously, I thought, holy fuck, like that's it's not right. good. But I didn't I didn't know it was going to explode like that. So I was like, shit, yeah. especially seeing it from all three sides. I'm just like, there's this, there's that and there's this. I'm just like, shit, man. Yeah. So I, I had an interesting perspective. Um, not that other people didn't have an interesting perspective, but being on all three sides of it. I just kind of shut my mouth about it mm-hmm. unless I'm talking to guys like you or Dan or like people that I know won't like crucify me for it. <laughs> so um, makes it interesting for sure. Yeah. And I think we kind of, uh, there's, there's still this tension in the air. We were also talking about this before we went on. We should really record that beginning part. I'm like talking to my invisible producer that I point to over there. It's really <laughs> just a wall. Yo, right. record this next time. Asshole. Uh, yeah, right. But, you know, we, we, we talked about uh, 25,000 uh troops on the ground yeah, in D.C. for the inauguration. Now, obviously, tensions were heightened after things that happened a couple of weeks ago uh, mm-hmm. in the Capitol. Um, but, you know, fence and razor wire around the Capitol Mall. Um, you know, you got, I mean, you look at these videos of, of, of these troops going in, you know, fully armed to the T, but, you know, and we kind of talked about, well, they didn't have magazines in because that's, that's just not protocol. But, yeah, um, there's there's a process to it. There's a A to B. You don't put the magazine in and just yeah, stroll like, about the streets, you know? It's like we're not patrolling Iraq. You're not going to keep a mag in your <laughs> rifle at all times in the fucking United States. Yeah, like, you can't, like, you can't treat. I, it, they're not the same. Yeah, um, you end up so. shooting yourself in the foot and just something yeah. dumb like that. <laughs> but, no, it's, you know, it's, it's a wild scene. There's just a lot of, of, of tension going on. And I think when you, when you talk about being a, a, a small business owner, um, you know, how long have, how long have you been? Uh, in business with Nutrition Junction, um, close to a year and a half since yeah. um, October of 2019. So, so. really, so in infancy, you know, yeah. a, a yep. company in its infancy, and you look at, you know, the strains that are out there, economically and socially and politically, you know, it's a very tense time. And I, and you know, when you go back to, 
you know, kind of the start of when, when the whole COVID pandemic, I want to say officially started because right. who knows, yeah. but uh, when, when things kind of started to get shut down uh, between Wisconsin and Minnesota, I know that was, you know, early to mid March um, for both of us when they kind of started to close things down. Um, what kind of effect did it have on, on your business, on your numbers? I mean, I imagine when the gyms got shut down too, because owning a supplement company, most of the time those things go hand in hand. But uh, what were the yeah. immediate effects that you felt as soon as they shut things down? So when everything started to get shut down, I was operating for like five, six months, and stuff wasn't like busy at the time. You know as well as I do, you can't just open up an online store and people come flooding in and get right. the next Amazon. So numbers weren't awesome, but I was still I was still growing in some way, shape, or form each month. Mm -hmm. And then that happened. I remember I was talking to buddies at work. Like they're like, Oh, my my gym's shutting down. I was like, Mine's not, that sucks. And then of course everything shut down. I was like, mm. fuck. Yeah. So I was just kind of waiting to see what happened. Um, the first couple of days, weeks, um, it was, it was still fine, but I think April was the first full month. Everything took an effect. And that was like super low month. Um, obviously my overhead super low. So I wasn't right. like, wasn't hurting super terribly, but, um, numbers were low cause everybody was spending scared. They are like, we're only spending money on the essentials, apparently buying thousands of rolls of toilet paper at the time. Makes um, <laughs> so people were spending scared. So April was a super slow month. Um, just kind of, it, it, it is what it is. And then past that, I mean, every month was, I still somehow managed to grow, which makes me kind of think people bought pre-workout where you just tweaking at home, doing computer work. <laughs> it's like, what were you? It's like, I don't know. I don't even know how many states gyms were shut down, but like, mm -hmm. I know a lot of them were. And like, even people buying, like, obviously I can see where they're, where the orders are going. And I'm like, you're okay. Either you have a home gym or you're tweaking at home on pre-workout. So, I mean, it's trying to stay up later. Either way. Trying to stay up later, play PS4, man, or PS5 <laughs> now. Something, man. Like, right. Warzone. They're, just, they're not, they're, they're doing the old school to take the scoop. Just yeah. swash it so, around and swallow it. Yeah. That's, I can't do that, man. That's not my jam either, man. That's I can't. Harsh. I can't even do like stim, you know, pre-workout anymore. I was really? Like, I don't know. It's because I'm old or something. But I'm like, mm -hmm. eh, I'm just gonna do this. Uh, you know, do some oxide, you no, know, some some nitrous oxide, some beet juice or something, and get my yeah. blood flowing a little bit, a little bit cleaner. Good old blood but, flow, man. Can't beat it. But you know, it, it really was. I think when you look at that time and, and having uh, a lot. I mean, when we were working directly with, you know, your salons and your barbershops. I mean, we, we really got mm -hmm. into this, uh, the swing of things with, with wholesale and having our stuff on shelves of places, uh, with Captain Coops. And, you know, we were really excited about where we were and, and the trajectory we were going out. We were planning on, you know, expanding our radius of where we could, you know, deliver to and, and, and really making some great, um, great relationships with, uh, with our barbershops and salons. Cause, you know, we weren't going to like sport clips. Okay. We're, you know, we're right. going to, you know, entrepreneurs who started their own business and maybe they're renting mm -hmm. out chairs in a building. Um, and knowing those guys are, are busting their ass and gals are busting their ass every day to, to make it work. So, you know, working on those relationships. And then when they got shut down and our, yeah. I mean, it was like our numbers fell off a cliff and obviously we still did, you know, some semi-decent online stuff, but we, we made kind of a turn in the early part of 2020 that was like, well, we can really do some, um, I think some more explosive work if we're working in this wholesale arena. Right. And so, you know, our focus kind of shifted a little bit to that and, and thus our, our online sales or direct to consumer online sales kind of, kind of took a dive again, similar reason on that because people weren't going, what's the most important thing I need right now? Beard oil yeah. or yeah. toilet paper? Right. All of, I need all of the toilet paper because well, <laughs> yeah, That's apparently that weirdest. was uh, apparently that was the move. And, and and bleach wipes, which you still for some reason like they're so sporadic. Like oh, now, now they're like off brand things, and it's really just like paper towel dipped in water. You're like, I don't think this is really doing. Yeah, it's trick. like oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, spit on it, it'll be fine. No, don't don't spit on it. No, geez, no, God, COVID. Um, but right. you know, I think when you have that, especially you know, I think you know, I we launched in in November, so I mean, very similar. Uh, you know kind of timeframes to, uh, to launching our businesses, you know, you have a moment of like, oh shit, <laughs> you know, yeah. you know, you see the, the, the first numbers that come in and you understand that, you know, a lot of orders aren't going to be going out, you know, for us in wholesale and for you, because of what we talked about, people not spending their money frivolously on, uh, you know, things that can make them healthier, which we'll get right. into, but 
you know, it's a scary moment, I think, for a, for a young entrepreneur and for someone, you know, for people that are just getting started because you do feel like, okay, well, I guess, how do I stay afloat? You know, yeah. if, if you have a couple of years under your belt, maybe you, I'm going to say you're a little more prepared for those things, but because nobody was. But, right. you know, the definition of an essential business, you know, does that make it easier to, to survive? It was a very complex, you know, couple of months there. But um, what do you think... Because uh, I know you're, you stay after it with your marketing, and you stay after it with it really being a kind of a one-on-one contact person uh, through your social media sites and stuff. What do you attribute the being able to kind of, I want to say, ride the wave, but stay afloat in, in the ocean that is and was COVID? I think a lot of it comes with like transparency and like showing your face to your customers. Because mm-hmm. like, there's a lot of these e-commerce platforms, especially nowadays with like just spam Instagram accounts. And my main social media is Instagram because mm-hmm. stories and people just the most interaction for me. Um, I think transparency was the most of it. Like if you, um, everybody struggled in some way, shape or form during COVID. Like I don't really, even if somebody says they didn't struggle, that's it's fake because they did struggle in some way, mm-hmm. shape or form. Um, even if that's not super bad, like they lost their job, lost their business, you struggled in some way. Mm -hmm. So I think just not putting on like a happy face and like my quote that Rob Bailey says is I only have good days. Even if your days suck so bad, you you can pull something good from it, but days still suck. So I think just putting out the transparency to customers, like shit sucks right now, but Hey, like if you need help, I got you. Like, let me know how I can help, which is um, which I guess helped me. I just, one day on stories, I asked how I can help and people thought that was so cool. I was like, well, like if, why is this, why are people so shocked? There's something wrong where people are so shocked that I'm asking them how I can help them. Right. They're shocked at that. I'm like, that's something's wrong here. <laughs> I was like, yeah. people should be shocked by that. So, um, yeah, a lot of it's just transparency and putting your face on the brand. Like people know your face. Um, people want to buy from a, people don't want to buy from a faceless brand. Right. Um, so. And I think that's, you know, you know, when you talked about people being like shocked that you were engaging with them in a one-on-one, you know, uh, arena, I think because people aren't really necessarily used to that, you know, there are a lot of faceless brands out there. There's yeah. a lot of blind buying. Um, I think you have a lot of, uh, habitual purchasing, you know, I just, you know, if I'm going to buy this, I just, I always get this because it's always the way it has been, or it's convenient, or I don't know any better. I don't have time to do the research, you know, so right. they, they blindly go in and they, they make these purchases. And, but I, I do feel like there was, and I don't know how much it moved the meter uh, overall, but there really felt like there was a push during this whole thing for the support local, you know, the support small business, I think yeah. there was a lot of energy that 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 hopefully opened a lot of people's eyes to go, oh, you know, I'd, Target and Walmart are going to be fine. Yeah, I mean they're, they're going to get corporate, they're going to get bailed out. I mean, like what you got a you got a PPP loan, Target? Like you're good? Yeah. All right. How much money? <laughs> well, Excuse me. How many? How many millions? Okay, good. You're, so you're going to be okay. You're going to make yeah. it. Okay, good. But yeah. I I think that you know when those kind of stories came out people really started to realize that outside of the essentials that you need to get, mm-hmm. there are places, um, whether it's a restaurant, whether it's an e-commerce site or even, you know, a small shop that, it, that caters to a specific audience. I think you had a, a lot of people that were like, okay, if, if I can budget this, if I can make this work, I would rather, even though I have to go to Walmart, I have to go to Target or I have to go wherever to get my A, B, C, D, E, F, yeah. Because Jesse's not selling oranges yet. <laughs> but right. I'm going to go and these other five things that are on my list, I'm going to try to buy them from a, a, a local company, somebody who I know is is in my hometown, is in my same area code, um, you know, because there seems to be an understanding kind of came through that people will go out of their way to know that they're supporting somebody that's local and thus that money eventually at some point mm-hmm. will go back into their community and, and hopefully grow these businesses from kind of where you and I are, which is, you know, working out of our, you know, working out of our homes or working out of, you know, small spaces to a yeah. place where we're, you know, we're a little more, uh, accessible. Right. Exactly. I think this whole, this whole thing, which I don't want to say it kind of died out, but it's not as like, it's not as big as the support local. That's not as big as it, it's 
used to be. Right. Um, there's still people behind it, but uh, I think people realize like, hey, this kind of opened everybody's mind um, to support local and why it matters so much versus buying Target. Because like, like if a Target shuts down, like, oh, um, GPS next Target's over here. Right. Whether if it, like a small town movie theater shuts down, it breaks people's heart because this movie theater has been in the neighborhood for like 20 years. Mm-hmm. Uh, this barbershop has been in the neighborhood for 15, 20 years. And so there's definitely a big difference. And I think 2020 opened people's eyes to that. Um, I think it opened people's eyes to like how important local businesses are, small business, local business, whatever it may be. Um, I think it definitely opened people's eyes. So, yeah, I think you see on a, on a, on a grander scale, um, what's the barstool sports guy? Is it Mike Portnoy, Dave Portnoy? Dave, I think. Yeah. Dave Portnoy. Yeah you know, starting his small business fund. And I remember I, I saw it as he was doing a live and I, and I, I just kind of started, I mean, I followed Barstool Sports. I just kind of started following him individually. Right. Um, and he was just starting to talk about this, the concept of it. Yeah. About this, you know, support small business thing. Um, you know, he wasn't going to do a GoFundMe because the percentage they take, he was looking at another, other platforms. It really, it was like the day before it kind of exploded. Mm-hmm. You know, he starts this small initiative to get people engaged to help support small business. Obviously he's out on the East coast. He's in Boston. So my initial thought was, well, that's, that's awesome that he's doing that for a community like Boston. We got small town pubs everywhere and these restaurants that have been around forever. And then when it grew to the point where, I mean, Aaron Rodgers, who I know you love no, so much, no. <laughs> but I'm a Viking fan, but right. I mean, as, as far as a, a, a charitable sense, he goes, you know, and, and contacts him and says, how can I help? You know, what, what was the highest donation? You know, it was $500,000. Like I'll match that $500,000. Damn. So, you know, all this money is going into this, you know, support small business fund. And, you know, people just are just reaching out to him and saying, Hey, here's my story. Here's, you know, you know, I run my grandfather's started this restaurant back in whatever, 1930 and still in the family and 20 employees. And we're trying to keep things going. So I, I think you saw, you know, when you go from the likes of the guy that runs Barstow Sports, which is a pretty, you know, large entity in itself, but yeah. just a guy who's behind it and said, you know, I got this idea, you know, start like, you know, start in Boston, start in, you know, move to New York and do some other things down there. But then it explodes on to where you have guys like Aaron Rodgers. You know, there's been there's been several other big names that have donated to this cause. Right. All to help support local business. So I think there is hopefully with that recognition, because you and I can sit here and talk all day. This podcast isn't quite big enough yet to make that big of a difference. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. but I think you you see that people who follow Aaron or they follow Barstool Sports or all the other you know major names that have uh, helped you know fund this program, they go, oh, like it is important. It is yeah. important to, you know, keep my favorite restaurant in business or continue to support my barber if I can go and see him. And even if I can't, you know, how can I help them while they're shut down. Um, so I, I think there was some amongst all the chaos and war zone insanity, just turn yeah. off the damn news people. Uh, I think there was some, some light in there that people are starting to uh, make some sort of effort to come together for small business. Yeah. And I think something I noticed, cause I go to, a, I used to go to great clips and stuff, but I got sick. Like once COVID hit, I try to go to smaller businesses and everything. And like what people don't realize is that business, like the smaller business, like I've noticed small, smaller barbershops kick great clips ass. Like they right. kick all these other big businesses as far as quality of work. Cause these people running their business actually care. Not that big corporations don't, but they just hire people who might just need a job to support their kids and might just need a job to, to do this, do that. And they mm. might not care as much as a small business. So if you're supporting a small business, most times it's better work, better, just better everything in my experience. So, yeah, I mean, I, I, I've ordered products from you before and I gave you my list of things I need before we started here today. I'm like, oh shit, turmeric, you know, I'm just <laughs> running low on turmeric. It's infused right. with, you know, black pepper. It's good. Um, but it, there's, there's something about the fact that I, my first time I placed an order with you and it was here the next day. Yeah. I mean, that's knowing that you're not just sitting at home waiting for orders to come through. You have other jobs. You have other things that are going on. Yeah. You know, there was probably a Friday the 13th marathon and you were you know, distracted or something. But the fact that, you know, you, small business owner, went, oop, order came in and then went and proceeded to fill that order and get it out 
within, I mean, you probably got it out that same day because it got to my yeah. house the next day. Yeah. I mean, I think when you see those kind of things, those little attentions to detail, you go, oh, this is the difference between dealing with XYZ major company and dealing with somebody yeah. who's really passionate about what they're doing and is and is driven to succeed. Yeah, because what a lot of people do, a lot of companies, even in my space and just companies, period, it's like once, so like once people, a lot of people don't know this, but once, once they get that, like your order is shipped, that only means they printed the label. So mm -hmm. some companies, this is where transparency comes into play. I've advertised same day shipping, which is not like just, you won't only get your tracking the same day. It'll be at the post office or UPS the same day. Mm -hmm. A lot of companies let their pallets fill up and they just send you that email saying it shipped the same day, but it's still sitting in their warehouse. And you wonder why it takes two weeks to get to you because they, they wait and they, it's just a kind of a stupid mind game, which I didn't know that was a thing before mm -hmm. I started my company. I was like, companies actually do that. Right. Like I was like, it's kind of shitty, man. So that's my thing. Luckily for me, it works out well where I still, of course, have a full-time job. I work overnights at the jail. So I advertise like if an order is in by 445, I drop it off same day. Mm. And then um, it's, I, so I start my shift at the jail at six post office closes at five 30. So I leave a little bit early for work, drop it off at the post office, go to work. So mm. uh, it kind of works out perfectly. I think there is, there's a lot to be said about you know, that kind of commitment, you know, to, to your brand, to your product, to what you're trying to do, uh, mm -hmm. you know, over, you know, eventually make this your gig. Like yeah. this is, this is obviously what you want to do as, as a, as a full-time profession. Not, right. I mean, and, and kudos to you for, for all the other, uh, the jobs that you undertake, but you, if you're into this game, this is something that, you know, the long game is, yeah. this is what you want to do. So yeah, I think you, there's a lot of people that hit me up like, I want to do this, I want to do this, but I have no money. I'm like, well, you better get ready to work a full-time job. And right. that's why I'm still overnights. It kind of, Dan, I was, he's, he says overnights, he's, what is it? Overnights, a carcinogen. So it's like not good, which is <laughs> obvious, but it's like, if you want to do something so bad, you better be prepared to like struggle in some way, shape or form until you get to your end goal. Yeah. So. I mean, I do the same thing. I mean, I, I was, you know, I think when I went in, you know, blindly, starting a new business. I'm like, well, this is what I'm going to do. This is going to be my thing. And I'm going to commit all my time to it. Yeah. And the money will come. Well, <laughs> within, within time, but yeah, it, it's a, it's a time game, but I, I know I, and it, there was some success early on that I was like, Oh, cool. We can reinvest in the company. We're still staying, you know, where we need to be as far as, you know, our trajectory for the year, you know, the bottom falls out in March of 2020. And, you know, I got to a point where I was like, I, this can't be a full-time thing right now. It just, yeah. I, I will devote as much time as I can. You get it. You get done with work at whatever time in the morning or in the afternoon or between all your jobs and all the other things that are going on. Mm -hmm. I, I got to get a post out. If you got a new product that is coming in, you got to get that, you know, make sure that yeah. that's highlighted or, you know, this was sold out, but it's coming back in. I mean, you got to be on top of all these things and that has to come in your spare time. Right. And your spare time is, you know, it's not really spare time. It's just time you're working on, on your, your passion, but you know, yeah. I had to take a, a job doing, I'm going to say grunt work, but I was, you know, I'm cutting trees down and cleaning shit and, and doing uh, things that I, I would never have considered after 20 years in radio. Like, I'm, that's, I mean, I'm thankful for people that do that, but that just isn't my jam. Right. But in order to make, you know, this podcast grow to where I want it to grow to and yeah. my vision for this mm -hmm. and also to have my, my beard company grow from where it is now to where I want it to be and create a self-sustaining, you know, environment where I can kind of operate without my oversight. Yeah. Somehow, some way in the midst of all that bills apparently have to be paid. I don't yeah. know. You know. Like they, yeah. they even as forgiving as they are during COVID. Yeah. I feel like, I, I feel like it's kind of like music where like these bands have been like this band, band a might be, have been touring for 10 years and then something happens. And then all of a sudden they just, they hit it, they hit it quote unquote big. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people, they're like, what do you mean you've been around for 10 years? I'm just hearing about you and they blow up. I right. feel like a business is kind of like that where it might, might take some people three years, four years, five years might even take longer. Um, just depends how long you want to stick with it and actually do side gigs to make it work. Yeah. So can't all be Taylor Swift and just buy your way to the top. Right. That'd be nice. Oh.
I'm going to probably get flagged on Facebook for saying that. All the T-Swift haters are going to come out and start talking mad shit. But no, I mean, I think I think that's, and, and having been in that industry and knowing a lot of really super fucking talented bands that mm-hmm. are, you know, we can, I would not consider them baby bands, but on the come up and these dudes are doing 200 to 300 dates a year, mm-hmm. you know, they're playing your you know, they're coming through a market like our size and doing a, a, a Tuesday night gig uh, to get to their Thursday, Friday, which is maybe in a bigger market like Minneapolis, St. Paul. Then they're going to Fargo, you know, they're in their, in a sprinter van or in a, you know, a RV. Shit's always breaking. There's assholes out yeah. there stealing their equipment, which I just, nothing pisses me off more than when I read that from some of my artist yeah. friends. Like, oh, we had our, you know, our equipment trailer parked outside of the venue after the show and somebody stole all our shit. Like, yeah. God, what oh what, what band that? What, that was there was it that happened to some band recently um god damn it what band was that um the uh, the the word alive i don't know mm. if you're familiar with them yeah. but like that happened to the word alive and then ronnie radke from falling universe he went on a stream and all of his streams from his twitch that day was to help the word alive which is pretty which is pretty cool how he did that so mm. um yeah I, I remember talking to uh to mikey from islander um the day the morning after their stuff got stolen, they were down in like Odessa, you know, just like, yeah. not to say middle of nowhere because Odessa is bigger than, than here, but you know, doing a small gig and, and all, all of their shit got stolen. Like, I don't know if they took the whole trailer, but like, <laughs> and I mean, and dude was, I don't, he wasn't, he was not upset. Like I would be upset. Yeah. Like he was like, you know, it's, it's all good. We're just, you know, obviously that person needed, our equipment more than we did. I'm like, but wait, I think you need your equipment more than that asshole did. But yeah. really came across with a, a very, you know, positive, enlightening message. And I think because he went that route, you know, there was the the, the outpour of support for them and and uh, and some GoFundMe stuff. I think they were able to uh, to to actually stay on that tour. So, nice. I mean, you you do see you know artists like that who who grind every single day, and when they're not you know, doing a show, doing a gig, they have a, a random off day. It's like park at the Walmart parking lot so we can stock up on supplies for the next run and mm-hmm. and and get back to it. But yeah, there's there's bands that you think that, oh my gosh, this was their 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 first big hit. And you're like, they have a catalog, man. They have a catalog of songs that he will never, yeah. you know, probably ever hear, but that's what they were, you know, cutting their teeth on in the industry. And mm-hmm. I want to talk about an industry that's suffered I don't want to say more than anybody else has, but it's yeah. it's tough to find an industry where you are basically from top to bottom, from the venue to the waitress that works at that venue, to the janitor, to the sound guy, to the stage crew, to the band, to the management, that everything for the last basically year. Yeah. Minus a few here and there hit and miss shows that some bands are out doing. Yeah. Nothing. Yeah, it is. It is kind of cool what they're doing to like not make up for it, but to like do something else. Like a mm-hmm. lot of them are on Twitch. Yeah. Like I never went on Twitch before, um, before the COVID. Just never did. Um, and like uh, Telly from Lord Alive, Ronnie Radke from Falling Inverse, all these mm-hmm. other guys, they started to go on Twitch. I'm like, huh. So I check. So I mean, that's just cool. How many how many uh, music guys did that? Because their fans might not give a shit about video games, but like they can literally sit on Twitch for five hours and just talk to their fans, which a lot of people geek out about, which right. is cool. Yeah. So. Twitch was uh, something I discovered. Uh, my dude that does my hair and my beard keeps, mm-hmm. it, keeps it all pretty. Um, you know, he's, he's a gamer and he's on Twitch and, and that's really what I thought it was. I knew that Trivium, uh, Trivium does some stuff and had does some stuff on Twitch. And there were, they actually uh, several years ago, were talking about uh, how everybody's ignoring this platform where there's millions and millions and millions and millions of people constantly yeah. on it watching people play video games but there's also this other these other channels people are doing stuff they're you know they're writing songs it's going on they're doing it live on twitch yeah. Yeah. and like uh said so all that remain yeah phil, the of all that remains he goes and plays songs on there yeah phil's on there all the time yeah and same with uh neil from a day to remember which mm-hmm. is like one of my favorite bands like he goes on there and just jams out i was like this is fucking cool <laughs> holy yeah. shit it's so, so it's such a cool platform that 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 I discovered again through, through D price. He's going to be on the show next week. Nice. Um, you know, and he was like, there's really an audience here, especially during 
COVID because this is really where I took the podcast from being an audio only thing to, yeah. you know, being live streamed and, you know, it started on Twitch and now, you know, just using a different, you know, backend platform, we're able to be on Facebook and to be on, uh, on our uh, YouTube channel as well. But you go in there and you start searching for people that you would never think would be on a, you know, what is labeled as a video game, you know, streaming yeah. service. Right. There's people on there in the just chatting and podcast section that yeah. are just talking for hours about <laughs> random shit. And they have yeah. like 25,000 people watching. I'm like, uh, this is where we need to be. We need to come hang out here. Yeah. Yeah. But there's, there's always guys like there's always guys like me where I was living alone for so many years. It's like I literally like when it's super quiet, I would turn something just something super random, and it makes me think like, dude, I wish I was on Twitch years ago when like I needed just some sound and like right. all this other stuff I could discover. <laughs> I wish I knew that back then, but here we are. I yeah. just now found out about it like eight months ago. Super cool <laughs> platform. Welcome to it if you're watching on Twitch. Hi, thank you at No Limit Cooper. <laughs> Jesse's on there too. Go follow him. Yes, but no, I think you you do see a lot of innovation. Uh, and, and I guess this this would go even into entrepreneurs and, and small business owners in ways that during all of this, when people's attentions are, are are not as focused on other things as as they typically would be, where artists have done a lot of you know they're streaming some live concerts. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think a lot of them started doing it just for free. It was really kind of a cool when it, when it first started. It was kind of a cool glimpse into you know an artist that you see on a on a big stage doing their thing and the energy of a crowd and, you know, whether they have pyro, whether they have all the shit going on, you're like, wow, this person's like a fucking rock star. And then you get to see them in the stripped down version, just like jamming on, uh, on Twitch and, you know, feeding it through zoom. So they have like all the members are in there and they're doing songs together. Really kind of a cool different perspective on that. I think they, you know, some artists in different genres jumped on and said, this is great. I love it how can we monetize this? Because mm, yeah. You know, mm, <laughs> yeah, this is yeah. great, but I would like to be able to pay for my internet service to be on so we can yeah. continue to do yeah. this. I don't know who the first band to do it was, but I know countless bands have done it where it's like a virtual concert, which is yeah. a fucking fantastic idea. Um, yeah. There's countless bands that did it. But once I heard about that, I was like a ticket virtual to, huh? Yeah. So it, it's just kind of cool to see how these, how these music guys adapted and kind of like, they probably again a lot of people get hit hard, but where music, the music industry got just fucking bitch slapped. Yeah. <laughs> it's like I remember, so it's cool to see what they do to yeah kind of adapt. It was cool. I think the first one I watched was uh Dropkick Murphy's always does a show in Boston on St. Patty's Day. Yeah. And everything in St. Patty's Day was shut down in the city of Boston, Fuck. which is like yeah, I mean it was shut down in Ireland too. So I mean, like, I'm surprised the world didn't fucking end then. Like that should have been the moment. Yeah. Like, oh well, turn the lights off and uh, make sure you tip your waitress on the way out. But yeah, pretty much. but they did, you know. And, and it was the first one I remember seeing where it was a real stage, you know, live show, no audience, and it was super cool and it was super fucking weird at the same time. Because yeah. I mean, if you've seen Dropkick Live, I mean they're I mean they're bouncing around, they're in your and they're still trying to do that, but then there's you always have that ambiance noise of the crowd and them singing along and the, you know, the, and and it was just nothing. And they get done playing a song. Usually when the crowd erupts, it was like, you know, the camera guys in the back, like it's like one guy clapping, just weird, but, but it was cool that they, they found ways to, uh, to still bring, you know, get that talent out and be able to bring it to their fans. I thought that was um, super innovative. And I think, you know, businesses have to be that way too. We had to be, you had to pivot during all this. And if you didn't, you're probably not a, not ooh, not a lie. That was the that was <laughs> well. Not, you never not know. And your business probably just tanked. Yeah, I mean the amount. And, and uh, I had Dr. Jay Laguardia on great, uh, great podcast. If anybody missed that one, it's uh, it's up on our our podcast uh, on all the channels of our podcast, and then the video is still up on Twitch and on YouTube and and still on Facebook. But he was talking. He had actual numbers because he's a research guy. But he's like the amount of businesses that first shut down mm-hmm. because of COVID, and. And then the percentage of those that will never, ever reopen. And it's like, it's a staggering number across the country when you think about all the places. I mean, even some big chain stuff. I mean, here we had the friggin' uh, who hot, like, it was like three weeks into like, we're out. See you later. We're not coming back, dude. So sorry. Yeah. So you, even from, you know, from mom and pa shops uh, that that just couldn't survive this to uh, longtime restaurants and even some major chain stuff just not coming back. So that's, that's a huge challenge 
I think some yeah. of those times that's you can tell the businesses probably didn't make that that effort to go, okay, well, if we can't do this, how can we still perform what we need to do? And yeah. whether for a restaurant that's curbside delivery, you know, curbside pickup, you know, there was a ton of places around here that never, ever delivered. Never, de- yeah. they didn't do the Grubhub. They didn't do the, any of those apps. They were like, no, if you want our food, you will come in and you will eat here. Yeah. Some of them did jump on board with the, uh, you know, with the Grubhubs or the Eat Streets or, you know, all the, DoorDash, all, right. all that stuff, those apps, which right. is freaking genius, should have been done a million years ago. But right. but some of them just said, okay, since we can't do indoor dining, okay, you who used to be our bus boy is now going to be the guy who lays out the trays, and you who's our you know our wait staff is now going to actually deliver our food to the customers who order. They set up their own online ordering system and did it all their on their own. And mm-hmm. even though they're open now because Wisconsin has – I think we, it's, I don't know what the cap is, but all you have to do, I think, right now is have that, the social distancing. So, you know, other, every other table, they have to pull some tables out and you can't yeah. sit around a full bar some places. I'm not saying some, right. some all. Right. But yeah. that's, that's the kind of, you know, business mindset where you go in and say, here's the challenge that's lying before us. We still want to stay open. As the owner, I still want to keep all of you employed. Hmm. And you may not like going from, waitressing to delivery driver, but we're going to try to keep you getting paid and we're going to try to keep our doors open once the whole thing blows over. So that's, that's innovation during all this. Yeah. I think in the supplement industry and, uh, and other industries, companies did like one of three things. They either just laid down and like died. They did ingenuine things. Like a big thing when COVID hit was like, these brands that only had pre-workout and all this like fancy stuff, like not the essentials, like your vitamins, minerals that you should have in the first place. A lot of these brands did came out with these immunity products. I'm like, you piece of crap. Like you never cared. It's like, you never cared about overall health before, but it takes a pandemic and you are now charging all this money for this product. Mm -hmm. And it's like super ingenuine. And, uh, I don't know, but it, it is impressive how a lot of brands adapted. Yeah. Um, but again, there's some companies that just went super ingenuine. It's like, we're gamers now. It's like, you were, you never, what? <laughs> it's like, Wait a minute. you never did this before. Now it's, it's gaming. Go. Yeah, it's, it's crazy. You know, for, for you, I mean, it, going back to, uh, you know, to pre-October of what, 2019, you know, before you got into, uh, to the supplement industry, what was it that, you know, of, of all the things that you obviously you have an entrepreneur mindset. Um, a lot of things you post, which by the way, everybody follow uh, Jesse Westover on, on the Insta and at the nutrition junction on Instagram as well. There's a lot of great content that comes out there, not just supplement related, but um, a lot of great, uh, a lot of great motivational stuff on there as well. But what for you made you decide that this was the Avenue that, that supplements was going to be, you know, where are you going to take that creativity? We're going to take that, that entrepreneurial mindset and, uh, and make it, a business of your own. So when I was 18, I started to work at a uh, local GNC in, in Minneapolis here. Mm. And I loved the supplement industry because in high school, I got in high school, I lost a ton of weight and I was on the football team and all these guys started talking about creatine. I was like, what the fuck is this? Mm. At the time I had no jobs. So my mom had to buy it for me and to, for her to buy it for me, I had to tell her what it was. So I did research on, it. I was like, this is actually cool. So I got right. down that rabbit hole Fast forward a couple of years, I ended up running a few GNCs on the corporate side and franchise side. And uh, these managers and store owners wanted me to grow their stores, but they limit they limited me so much. And they're like, we want you to grow your st- our stores, but you can only do like this amount of stuff when the industry is doing this much. And they mm-hmm. limited me so much. I was like, I just one day I said, fuck it, man. Like this, this sucks. Like mm-hmm. you want me to grow your store. You want me to grow your business, but you limit me so much so i said fuck it and i of course wanted to start my own retail store but i didn't have like 50 grand to start it so i just started e-commerce which i knew nothing about um i learned a lot from dan and just googling stuff Mm -hmm. um so e-commerce was the cheaper way to start obviously versus retail store it's still the goal one day but uh there's just certain things that other stores won't do or brands they won't touch and um yeah and they're not really transparent Right. Um, my biggest thing to do my own, my own thing, you walk into all these corporate supplement stores and they push their own brand on you. 
Um, it's like, why do you think they're a lot of them aren't doing that because it's a better product. A lot of them are doing it because it's more money, right. which I think is shitty. I think when it comes to when it comes to the stuff people put in their body, it's really nothing to mess around with. So um, I just kind of wanted a whole transparent thing where I don't care what you buy, but like if it helps you, that's cool. Mm. Um, if you don't buy my favorite brand, I don't care if you buy this because it's better for you. That's cool. Mm. Like. I'm not going to push you to buy a certain brand because I make more money off of it, um, which obviously money is the bloodline of businesses. But you, at what point do you draw the line, right. especially when it comes to stuff people are taking in their body? So, yeah, and it's uh, being a supplementer for uh, for a long time and understanding uh, just not only through my own understanding what goes in and the output that it it ends up putting back out. Uh, but just doing research on it and, and and listening to to people that are much smarter than I am, mm-hmm. you know, talk about how much you need supplements. Just even if you're just trying to make it through the day, yeah, you're trying to get from stepping out of bed to going to bed. Like that's your goal. I need to A and I need to B and then the shit in between. Even if that's yeah. it, like yeah. you can't you can't get in your body through a normal diet or any diet, getting all the proper nutrition that you need as far as your vitamins, your minerals. Um, and especially when you're, if you live up here in the Northern hemisphere where we don't see the sun for six months <laughs> and you don't really understand what the sun does and how important vitamin D is, um, mm-hmm. you know, you, there's just things that you need, you need to do. And supplementation is, is so important. Right. And when you add on top of that COVID and yeah. the one thing and that, that really shocked me. I, it, it, I shouldn't say that. It didn't shock me, but I was like, Jesus, guys, like you, somebody just call a spade a spade here. Like yeah. the reason that COVID is, is as dangerous as it is to the victims that it's, that it's already taken and the ones that are sick, mm-hmm. 2.5 comorbidity factors in about 99% of them. So there's already some underlying condition. So obviously there's some health issues. Some of that shit's hereditary. I know you can't help it. It's not. But when you're talking about being deficient in things and your immune system not being able to handle things and whether that's lack of vitamin D or zinc or magnesium or whatever, or it's lack of exercise or, you know, vitamin D3, you know, all these things that you could really just implement into your body. Right. That's when I think nobody was out you know, preaching from the top of the uh, top of the podium or preaching from the top of the podium and saying <laughs> like, hey, uh, we're working on the vaccine and you know, whatever. Right. It's just going to start the zombie apocalypse. Let's not lie about it. Yeah. Coming or back. the movie I Am Legend. I yeah, mean, let's, that's, you know, pray for us sinners. But yeah. <laughs> there is but there is it really was upsetting that we couldn't that nobody in, in an authoritative position, which everybody who listens to the narrative Mm-hmm. listens to the person on the TV screen or on their Facebook feed and says, oh, yeah, yeah, that guy, he's right. We need to stay indoors and wear a mask, and we're going to be fine. Yeah. Nobody said, you know it would be great? If we were not the least healthy country in the on the planet, and we all maybe started taking some vitamin D and maybe a little zinc, and maybe we got outside and did some shit. Yeah. If your gyms are open, now's a good time, because what else do you have to do? You know, pop down yeah. your 12 bucks a month and... And call it good. So the fact that nobody was talking about supplementation, nobody was talking about exercise, nobody was talking about overall health, yeah. diet, all the things. Um, but I, I think it's just it's fascinating that the supplement industry, because knowing you know, you seem to have a really good relationship with the brands that you work with. You know, yeah. it doesn't seem like you're pulling from like the bottom of the food chain. It seems like there's genuine uh, companies that you're working with to bring out. Uh, to, to bring your clients through Nutrition Junction the best products that are out there. Tell me about that relationship that you have between your you and your suppliers. Yeah, so a lot of them, um, let's see, probably half of them I've met like on Instagram at GNC because when I was at GNC, I really hate saying that company name. But um, <laughs> when I when I was there, I would go on Instagram and I'd be like, hey, can I do Instagram videos and stuff? They're like, I don't care. So I did yeah. that and they found me through that. And of course, they thought I was there in to... Um, for them to get in GNC, which I ended up kind of helping one brand get in GNC, but um, I was like, I'm not even going to try that, but I just kept in contact with them. And then once I did my own thing, that's kind of how I 
started to talk to him. Mm-hmm. Um, with the guys from Blackstone Labs, I talked to them before I was at at my own thing. Um, Pat from Corn Nutritionals America Labs, I talked to him before. Um, so a lot of these guys I've talked to before I even started my own thing, and I was like, hey, now we're talking. So uh, there's that, and I can. I have a pretty good knowledge that if somebody's just full of shit, luckily. Right. So if, if somebody's a shitty person, I'm not going to like, even, I don't want to work with you. Even if, even if customers want your product, mm. if, um, yeah, I don't know. People suck. And I somehow <laughs> have a gift of telling if people suck or not. You got the so, radar. The alarm yeah. goes off. What? Yeah. No, yeah, I- and I, 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 for some reason I was asking these, these companies stuff that nobody asked before. It's like, if you're a business, if you're I'm like, what do you mean you've never got asked this before? It's kind of weird. So, um, yeah. No, I think that that for your sanity too. I mean, as as you continue to grow during uh, during this process, uh, even having you know gone through the COVID thing and, and 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 trying to distribute you know a product that's not necessarily. I mean, it's not just for people that go to the gym, but right. You know, like we talked about, nobody's just taking pre and sitting on the couch just to see what happens. You know, like, oh, you know, what I really love is when my body just kind of tingles and I feel like I'm kind of. Why am I tweaking? My eye starts yeah. to twitch a little bit and I can't see the TV. I think that's great. It's fun. It's yeah. good to call it Saturday night. Um, right. I like to have a couple of beers afterwards just to even myself out. Just call it. Yeah, but no, I, I think for you wanting, you know, as you want to grow this, this brand, you know, what is behind you, what you're, you are, you know, and at the end of the day, selling to people that are putting their bodies, I think that relationship and also the knowledge you have of the product, that's what continues, you know, the success is that, you yeah. know, what it is, you know, I've, I've watched your Instagram stories, you know, talking about the ingredients that go into stuff, you know, the importance of this and that, but I think that relationship for you and your sanity, you know, you don't want to get to yeah. the point where you have your, you know, your storefront, you know, in your warehouse, and then you got asshole from XYZ Labs on the phone. And you're going, fuck, I hate this guy. You know, yeah. but I guess, I yeah. guess. but maybe, maybe at that point you just hire somebody like you take his phone call. Like that's your job. You just talk to him and I'll talk yeah. to everybody else. But no, I think it, it's super important in, in, in any industry, you know, especially when you start off on a small level to have great relationships behind the scenes, because that when you do have shitty days or shitty months or 2020, yeah, right. he doesn't make, you know, you don't dread like, oh, on top of it, I have to talk to Dave, and he's a dick. But yeah. you know, you, you can you can still find some um, some pleasure in in, in doing yeah. business with your clients. So that's really cool. It's kind of funny. Most of the brands I carry, like um, most of them, actually, when I talk to them, it's rarely about business. Like it's mm-hmm. just bullshit and talking to them. And I'm like, oh shit, I actually need more of this too while we're at it. And then like, um, so that's the cool thing. Most of the brands I carry, I can talk to the owners or the people behind the brands. Nine times out of 10, we talk about just random shit, aliens, mm. fucking 2020 guns. So um, that's what's nice about it. It's not just a one-way street. And a lot of the brands, they randomly text me. They ask how I'm doing. They ask this. And they don't. There's brands out there that they um, only talk to you when they think you need more product. And if mm. you don't need anything, if you don't want to give them if you don't want to give them your money, they just don't talk to you. So mm. luckily, the brands I carry aren't like that. Um yeah. yeah, 2020 was just a strange year, man. I mean, they they announced the Pentagon announced that aliens are real. We've had <laughs> extraterrestrial yeah ships that have come into our planet, and we're like, like, like even that flew under the radar. Yeah, it's like, nobody cared. It's like, like, they, mm. like yeah. <laughs> there's like, there's so many great memes out there too about that. Like the aliens are outside. Yeah. They're going, eh, maybe we're gonna wait. Like these assholes <laughs> need to figure some things out before we come yeah. down and talk to them. It's like all this other shit was going on. Then like Homeland Security or whoever like released those documents, they literally proved that like those are real and people just said, fuck it. Like, and they just didn't pay attention. Yeah. So. I'm going to go back to binge watching Tiger King. <laughs> shit. <laughs> I know. Like that's like I had come, everybody kind of forgot. Like that was like the big thing in March and yeah. April. It was that it was like what kept everybody saying like, Hey, life sucks, but it ain't that bad. Yeah. Like I'm not I'm not messed up tiger guy from uh from Oklahoma. Could be worse. Yeah. And then exactly. like it went away. And we're like, uh, oh, remember the good old days we were just talking about Tiger King and Carol Baskin and Yeah. And the other reason he got brought back into my, you know, peripheral vision is because he was pissed because Trump didn't pardon him on his way out the door. I was reading an article last night and like they were saying he had a limo outside of the jail ready for him. He was so ready. I was like, you there was somebody somebody had uh, shared the the feed of the local news channel had a drone over the jail 
with just like continuing live footage. Like it was just like, just, you know, he's just waiting Yeah, (laughs) and it didn't happen. You know, meanwhile, little Wayne, uh, is like, he was in green Bay like last weekend. He's like, I'm I'm good. I'm pardoned. Great. Thanks. I I must've been living under a rock. Cause I didn't even know that. I didn't know that was a thing. Cause, uh, with, with working overnights, I go down the rabbit hole sometimes on the computer and I'm just like, Hey, little Wayne was in trouble. What the hell? (laughs) I was like, Oh, that's funny. I just saw him. Okay. I just saw him at the Packer game on Sunday. He was up in one of the things. Like, I must not be yeah, that bad, right? right? I, I think we could. I think we could have. We could have done some better work there. There's a couple of yeah. guys that maybe deserved a pardon. Edward yeah. Snowden, Julian Assange. I'm just. I'm just throwing those names out there for. <laughs> Yeah. Just to see if I can get this video flagged. Really, like what that asshole <laughs> talking about a silence. Yeah. <laughs> like, all of a sudden, my microphone doesn't work. That's weird. Does that? God damn it, My brother's listening. Uh, you know, when we talk about getting into business, and I think uh, you mentioned a lot of great, great things. You and I both got great information from uh, from Dan Beck, who, uh, full disclosure, uh, Midwest Meals is uh, a sponsor of, of the podcast here. But you know, a great resource for somebody who has had uh, success in, in entrepreneurial and, and has really grown his business and, and continues to do so even through yeah. even through COVID. But I think you touched on one great point. It's because it's something that I did myself that people, I, I think people know, but there's so much information available for free. Yeah. If you just ask the Google machine. Yeah. Like, like I was like, how do you write a business plan? Yeah. And there was like 35 million results. Yeah. And, and I, yes, you do have to do some weeding out of, you know, the ones that are like 45 minutes of a pitch and then it's like 15 minutes and they're trying to sell you like, we'll write it for you for only 59. Like, wait a minute. <laughs> Hold up there, bro. But yeah, there's so much great information um, about the the, the the silliest questions you can ask. If you if you if there's something you want to start, you're interested in doing, you make, you make bath bombs and you're like, hey, it'd be really cool if I had my own, you know, place I could make bath bombs and I could, you know, sell them to people and you obviously have the talent, you know exactly how to make the bath bomb. Okay. Well, yeah. how do I get an LLC? Like, how do I get a, yeah. how do I get my There's, tax identification number? Like, like, I don't know. I can't do it. Like the, the answers are out there. Young Skywalker. Yeah. Yeah, there's there's people like so like I like I put on my Instagram a lot like if I can help you let me know but there's people that like obviously try to take advantage of it and they're like hey I want to start this business can you help me it's like yeah let me walk you through step A to Z and help you free start your business for free it's like yeah. I don't want to be a dick but it's like to these people I'm like how do you think I started Google is shit man like right. it's like I'm not gonna hold your hand through it all like I literally found most of my shit through Google because mm-hmm. like. I mean, it's out there. There's YouTube videos. I mean, I filed my trademark and got my trademark from a fucking YouTube video because I didn't want to pay a lawyer a grand to do it. So it's like (laughs) the information's out there. Just look and stop being like lazy, expecting somebody to help you. Obviously, there's some aspects I'll help them with, but I'm like, not A to Z. Let me just help you start your business. Yeah. I think think if you're not going to do that, if you're not going to take the, I'm going to call them the simple steps because there's a lot of things that are, are rather complex and you, and you, you do need to do your research on it. But if you're not willing right. to, to like say, Oh, I have this idea. Can you just tell me how to do it? Well, you know, come to me with an actual question. Like, yeah. Hey, I, I'm looking at this LLC thing. Is this really going to be for me? Like, how does it work for you? Like, you know, when taxes, you know, like yeah. those kind of questions, you know, I, I think when you, when you surround yourself with other entrepreneurial, entrepreneurial, it's easy for me to say, you know, yeah. minded people, if you, I want to say ask the right questions, but if you're like not asking to have either of them give you money, like, hey, yeah. I want to start a business. Can you give me some money? Like, no, yeah. no. Uh, but if you if you have like a legit question, especially in like the e-commerce world, when you know you have a guy who's in Dan and, and others that I've that I've met, like, like, man, this, your your shop looks great. Like, I I put mine together and I'm hitting the ask more on 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 Shopify and I I don't understand what they're saying. Like, how do you how did you make this look like this? Like simple questions right. like that, that, you know, more times than not, actually, I can't remember a time when I was denied an answer to a question from somebody who's, who has their own business. If yeah. you're asking the right questions, if you've been through it, you're willing to share that. But again, yeah, yeah. don't be like, Hey, you want to go ahead and register my domain and yeah, set up like- my email it makes you think it's like if you're not willing to go out there and find the answers yourself for like how to start a business, how to file an LLC, if you're not willing to go out there looking for the information, you're in a 
you're in for a tough road, man, because that's only the very small part of it is, is, is that. And, so. I, and I think you have, when you're willing to make do those steps on your own or learn those things on your own, when you have a question and you bring it to somebody, and if I brought you a question or Dan a question or my buddy Phil a question, you know, all these people I know that, have, that are working in this, in this arena, mm-hmm. not only are they more willing to help because they know that you've gotten from, from A to B to C to D, you're at D plus and you have a, you're like, just, can you give me just a little bit of guidance here? Not yeah. only are they willing to help you with that guidance, if it's like a person that you need or like a contact or like a, a website or a service, like they're willing to share that kind of information because they know that you've done the work to get to that point where you're going to need, you know, an e an service, you know, email service provider, or you're going to need a, uh, packaging like already, you know, like I really like your, the boxes that you got or the tape that you use, like, like do you yeah. have a place? Cause the place like the, the stuff I got, sucked. like if you get to yeah. that point, people are more willing right. to share their, their knowledge on things. It's like, Oh yeah, I just, I go to this guy and he does great work. They're more willing to share those resources. Right. Uh, but, but yeah, it's, Kind of like I said before, if you're not even willing to do your your input on like you on trademark LLC starting a business, if you're not willing to do that, it's like yeah, I don't know what to tell you, man. And you have another you have another section of people who have interest in having their own business, and that is, and we talked about this on a previous podcast uh, that you and I were both on back in the day. Mm-hmm. It's people have an idea that okay, if I want to be a business owner. I should probably go back to school and learn all the things that there is to learn about business ownership. Yeah. And there's, there's, I I do think there is some, depending on what you're going into. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I've said, I've said this about school a hundred times in a hundred different shows. And, and even on this show, there are people who I think need to go to school. Yeah. I don't want my doctor performing surgery on me. If he learned how to do it on YouTube. I don't want it. Yeah. Yeah. Unless we're in this apocalypse now and it's like frontier medicine and it's like, well, it's either, you know, amputate or whatever, you know? Okay. You know, I'll make the sacrifice for the greater good. But if I'm just going into the hospital and I'm like, I need to have, you know, knee surgery done because of flipping tires and doing stupid shit. I want that guy to have a college education. Yeah. But just the basics. Lawyer, probably the same. Yeah, there's there's certain industries like lawyers, doctors, all that stuff. You have to go to college, and that's fine. But like, there was one of my older, one of my former employees from back in my retail days. He's like, "Oh, I'm gonna start a business. I just graduated with my entrepreneurship degree." I was like, "What the fuck is that?" I was like, <laughs> "Wait, are you serious?" Like, and there's people that like go to business school to start a business. I'm like, yeah. I mean, congratulations, but like. That's not needed. You don't need to do that. Like probably could have saved yourself many, many thousands of dollars. Yeah. No, Go I, to YouTube University instead of like right. University of Minnesota. Like you don't. Yeah. I, I do think that there is, if depending on the field you're trying to get in, I think there is like there are courses mm-hmm. that could benefit you. Like if you're going into web design. Yeah. And you have you know coding. Right. Or even if you want to be, you know, you want to not be somebody who eventually outlets that to somebody else. You right. want to have a killer website. You, you're like, I don't, I don't want to have somebody else do that for me because they can't see my vision. Trust mm-hmm. me, there's a lot of talented people out there who can code and, and can make your vision come to fruition. But yeah. if it's something you like, you're like, I, it's, it's something I want to know how to do or video editing, which I think you can learn without it. But right. there's, I think there's courses that you can take to learn some of those things. For sure. But going to full on, you know, doing a four year, you know, even a two year, yeah. you know, in in the long run, the probably the best way to get through obstacles that you have to face in business ownership is kind of just to face them head on. Like, well, this yeah. is going to suck. Now I need to figure out what I want to do. Yeah, right. exactly. Yeah. There's, I mean, there's some, there's some industries where like you want to be a nurse, guess what you're not going to be without a degree. So like there's kind of, that's kind of like a unavoidable thing. But if you want to start a business, like most of your, most of your learning is going to come from like fucking up, honestly. Right. So, yeah. Jesse Westover, Nutrition Junction, nutrition, thenutritionjunction.com is the website. You can also find them, of course, on uh, on Instagram at nutrition, the nutrition Junction, and at Jesse Westover. He is on there. Um, I appreciate the time, man. And I, you know, yeah. I wish I wish we could talk more football, but you know, <laughs> you know, you know, you're right. <laughs> the Vikings. Here, man. Did that? Did that thing again? Now it's, <laughs> hey, 
trust me, I'm I'm going through this weekend like, hey, didn't think we'd get this far. Feel good yeah, about right. life, you know. But it's gonna be, give me yeah. some great games this weekend. Um, yeah. Where else? Uh, where else do people know how to follow me? I know in the most of the stuff you do is on Instagram. Is that correct? Yeah. Yeah. So uh, just the Instagram is at Jesse Westover. That's where you can find me. Then the, the Nutrition Junction page is in my bio. So um, yeah. Click the link. Get yourself some turmeric. Yes. Zinc. Get those. Get that, get that greens mix. Get the good stuff, man. Awesome. Jesse, I appreciate your time, brother. Take care of yourself. We'll chat soon, right, man? Yeah, man. That is Jesse Westover from the Nutrition Junction. Uh, Check out the show notes if you're listening to the podcast, and you can get all of the information uh, about linking up with Jesse right there. Uh, Thank you all for tuning in. Uh, To all who are watching on on Facebook, on YouTube, and on Twitch, thank you so much. Uh, Make sure whatever platform you're watching on, uh, like the page. Then you can get updates every time we do go live. Uh, we got a couple of great podcasts coming up and live streams coming up over the next uh, several days. We are also on the social medias as uh, myself at No Limit Cooper, pretty much across the board. I don't really do the Twitter thing because I feel like Twitter is like just jumping into a giant pile of shit. And I don't really like to do that. It just seems counterproductive. So I don't do it. But I am on there at No Limit Cooper. But uh, Instagram, definitely. And of course, welcome to Cooperville on all of the platforms. Twitch.tv slash No Limit Cooper. That's where you find most of our content. We'll take this this podcast and we'll put the video up. We'll have different clips of the, the great parts of it. And you can be a part of all that action. Also, if you want to be a part of the free speech revolution, you want to be part of the show, you want to help sponsor, make this thing grow, you can do that. Cooper at welcome to Cooperville.com. Get in touch. We'll make things happen. Until then, our next podcast currently is scheduled for uh, Tuesday or Monday afternoon. We're going to be talking to uh, Dustin Price. And then on Tuesday, my buddy Jimmy Hayes Nelson from the great state of Texas will be on the show. We'll talk about how much his Cowboys suck. I'm just kidding. No, we'll talk about the great things that he's doing. Of course, he was a, a former Beachbody coach and uh, he's a motivational speaker, does all the great things. So we'll be talking to him and we'll be doing it without masks. I know. It's like a crazy show going on here. But thank you all for tuning in. Until next time, we will see you uh, soon. I appreciate your support.